This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela, Gary, and Dumela to our podcast. But we're just not an ordinary law show. We are the swaggest <laughs> law show in the country. Yeah. yeah. Nice compliment, uh, Lions. Thanks for that. Uh, today's show is what happens when you sign surety. What is surety? Mm. Yes, you and your fancy words. Yeah. Questions we are answering include... How can I cancel a surety that I signed? It's a very popular one. Mm -hmm. What happens if the person for whom I signed surety goes under debt counseling? Or if I sign for a company and the company goes under business rescue, what happens to my surety? Can I limit my surety? And also, what should I answer when my best friend asks me to sign surety guarantee for him? (laughs) You know the saying lines, if you want to lose a best friend, lend him money or sign surety for him. True that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Never mix the two together. We, if we get there, we may touch on summary judgment. Uh, some questions have come through on legal talk on that one, and we'll talk about that with uh, our special guest today. Our special guest is Emil Myberg. He's an attorney. He's been with us many times. Yes. Welcome again, Emil Myberg. Thank you very much, Gary. We are in the company of the Rolls Royce. I mean, this man knows the law in out and center. And Ooh. as we said all the time, if people have got any issues with regard to their legal uh, topics, they can write it to us and you'll give them the Facebook page and I'll do their Twitter. But then we'll find somebody who can act, who's a specialist within that specific area to really uncover or unpack the load of the law. Our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, Lions Twitter. Ed Hertz Law, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Yep. Uh, our partner today, Legal Talk South Africa, with their over 173,000 yes. members, and uh, we're taking a whole host of questions from their members. Certainly, and we hope that they do share the information with other uh, people that they stay with, their loved ones, just so that they can also get the information that they need in so far as charities are concerned. Here's a question, Lines. My nephew borrowed money from me to buy a car. Hmm. Mm. We're a close family and I had no problem lending him the money because his father verbally promised that if his son didn't pay back the money, he would pay it. Whoa. My nephew repaid most but refuses to pay back the balance and his father says he's not liable in law. And if I sue him, I will lose. What's he mean by this? Evil, uh, what's going on here? Uh, I'm afraid I think this father may be right. You know, if you want to have a surety, if you want somebody to guarantee the debts of somebody else, that surety must be in writing. That's the General Law Amendment Act that says sureties must be in writing. So uh, I'm afraid. Um, I mean, it sounds a bit crazy because the, the father's standing there right next to you. He says, Len, don't worry. If you lend him the money, I'll, I'll make good. 
And you take him at his word, you know, and then you want to sue him afterwards. He says, no, but it doesn't comply with the law. A surety must be in writing. It must be. I, I mean, I can't imagine that uh, applying one's mind in depth, you may be able to come up with some kind of case, but it would not be based on surety because this doesn't comply with the requirements of a surety. You may be able to say that the, the two of them took the loan together. Maybe if you can classify them as co-principal debtors, mm. then then you may. That's yeah. why, you know, if you if I have a look at the standard surety, it always says, you know, I bind myself as surety and co-principal What does that debtor. really mean in law, co-principal debtor? That means um, the creditor… Jointly and severally, really. What is all that? Yes, it means the creditor can, at his choice or her choice, sue either the, the guy that owes you the money mm. or the surety. Because the surety is considered as the data as well. Nowadays, with the National Credit Act, things are a little bit different, but that's the basis of it. In other words, if you jointly and severally liable, the, the creditor can sue you alone, the surety. He can. He says, I'm going to waste my money on the principal data. He's got nothing. You've got the money. You're the surety. I'm going to sue you. What happens if he sues successfully and the surety's got to repay or pay the money? Can the surety get it back from the principal debtor? Yes, that's one of the common law rights that the surety has against the, the debtor is the right of recourse. Wow. Yeah, he can always get his money back if he can get his money back. That's <laughs> if, if the debtor's got the money to pay him. Yeah, well, which yeah, is unlikely. Which is unlikely <laughs> the surety's been called up. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many questions, Emil, about People wanting to cancel the sureties. Let's, let's, Judy writes, is there a way to cancel a surety for a loan? Please help. Now, sorry, before we get there, we know that the Consumer Protection Act provides a consumer can cancel certain agreements on 20 days, business days notice. And people seem to think that they can cancel their sureties on the same uh, basis. Yes, a surety is not a fixed term agreement. You know, this 20 day cancellation only applies to fixed term agreements. Mm. The most obvious one is a, is a lease. Wow. And the fixed term can't be for more than two years. Um, a surety is basically for as long as the loan lasts. Well, assuming that the loan is two years and the surety is limited to two years. Um, no, you won't be able to classify surety as, as, a, yeah. a, as a fixed term agreement for purposes of the CPA. I'm sorry, Judy. Oh. <laughs> Poor Judy. Tough luck. She can't cancel this darn surety. She's stuck with it. Uh, basically, yes. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to put up with a surety agreement forever. There is a case law and authority for, the, for uh, allowing a surety to ask the creditor to call up the debt. Um, I make it sound a lot more simple than it really is. Mm. Uh, but in order for you to be set free from a surety, some way or another, the principal debt will have to be paid. Either you pay it or you force the, the creditor to take action against the debtor. But, of course, if the debtor has nothing, you, that means you're basically forcing the creditor to go after you as the surety. Mm. Nonna says, as a director of a company, I signed surety for the bank overdraft, but I've resigned as a director two years ago. I'm just an employee now, or maybe employee shareholder. If I resign from the company totally, am I still liable for the overdraft, or does the surety fall away? Someone at the bank, I won't mention the name, told me if I resigned, they would have to release me from my surety, but I wanted to make sure. sure. So this is yes. a few issues here. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, a surety is not dependent or doesn't last for as long as your uh, status as a director or in whatever condition you sign the surety lasts. So 
you're a director of a company, you sign surety for the company, uh, for the company's debts, and then you resign as a director. Mm. Uh, you're still bound by that surety agreement. Even if you've been gone for 20 years. Well, it's prescribed, but assuming that it's not prescribed, even, you, are, even you, are, you are liable. That surety remains. Even then. That's why when people sell out of companies, they've got to make sure that their surety is lifted by the creditor. Yes. Now, sorry, Emil, we often have the case where the the one shareholder who buys out the other says, don't worry, I will take uh, take over your surety. So the first, the one who's selling out says, cool, bye-bye. He must Three years later, he gets a knock at his door and says, hey, pay yeah, up. The he sheriff says, is yeah, there. The sheriff is there. He must take active steps to make sure that that surety gets cancelled. You cannot just accept uh, the partner's word for it to say that, look, I will, I will buy you out. And um, that in itself is not enough. Mm. The, even if you do go to the bank that holds the surety, the bank can say no. We're not accepting you walking out. This uh, we've got no faith in this uh, remaining partner's credit worthiness. Mm -hmm. So no, we're not releasing you from your surety, and there is nothing you can do except you know the limited recourse that I mentioned earlier. There are so many people who come as to me who have come to me as an attorney over the years and said, "I went to the bank, I spoke to Mister Whoever, and he said, don't worry, I'll cancel your surety,' and that was that." And well, they think that they know off the hook. Uh, you must get that they're in, in the writing. Biggest, they're in the biggest trouble, yeah. Mm, you, you must know, get that in writing. Yes. Yeah. It's a common one that where they think that the bank manager says, oh, you've sold out. Okay, so don't worry, you, your surety will fall away. There's someone at the bank may even have it wrong. Uh, the bank may have yeah. it wrong. And then there's the other thing. Almost every agreement that you come across, and most certainly every agreement that the bank has drafted, um, contains a clause that no variation or cancellation of this agreement will be valid unless reduced to writing. Mm. And the bank manager can say whatever he wants to. If yeah. that is not reduced to writing, it means nothing. Yeah. Mm. When someone comes to you and says, hey, please help me, I need a loan. I need a surety. It's not for long. It's a small amount. It's six grand, but I need a surety. Help me out. We, we're so inclined to really help our friend, aren't we? We are, uh, but Lance, has that happened to you? Yes. Many times. Or have you been the one that's asked the friend? Well, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but I do help people. What, what, what do you, do you sign for them? No, I normally just help in the sense that you give them 500 rand in good faith no oh. just good faith because I'm a debt counselor so I'm like you know I have faith in you I believe that you'll pay me back but you don't sign the surety do you no 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 I don't if they say please just sign this no, come with me and sign I'm sorry I can't you won't no I will never do that mm. yeah no, it, it is just way too risky. Yes. Um, you know, it's one thing signing surety for your son or your nephew that you've got an affection for and you know that, okay, if, if he can't pay me back, then it's fine and you do it for your child. But for, you know, total strangers, the risk becomes very big. Yeah. It's not something that is advised no matter who it is. You could be in a relationship with that person. They could be your best friend. They could be anything. Don't sign surety because those sureties are there for as long as that debt is yes. unpaid. Mm, yes. And although you think, ah, oh, he's going to pay it off quickly, it's only six grand. By the time you finish with interest and legal fees, yeah. that six grand has become 24,000. Yes. Thank you. 
And most okay. people never think about those things. Yeah, they yeah. think it's only six. Yeah. I'm exaggerating. It may not be 24, it may be <laughs> uh, no, 12, uh, 11,000. Yeah. I mean, it's often yeah. an emotional thing, you know, yeah. like what my uh, uncle turned down, he didn't want to sign surety for me, you know, what yeah. kind of an uncle, what kind of family is this? You know, it's, it's very emotional. Absolutely. Jackie writes, my husband signed surety for a friend to buy a house nine years ago. Can we cancel the surety because that's standing in, in our way to buy our own house? The guy is well off today but refuses to make a plan to release my husband from the surety. Can we sell the house to get out? Well, it's his house, so, so no. she, she, she can't sell his house. No, the, yeah. the only thing she can do is either demand that the creditor takes action, which they are unlikely to do, yeah. uh, or uh, you know, Jackie, you uh, – Pay the balance of the purchase price and claim it back from the from the debtor. Sureties can't be cancelled as long as the principal debt remains. Getting out of a surety is so difficult that I'm saying it's impossible. I don't know whether you know offhand when you apply for a for a bond, do mm. they ask you if you've signed surety anywhere? I doubt it. Uh, I think they do. Do they? I think, I, I think they do because um, you know you, we've got the National Credit Act um, mm. in, in force now. And uh, uh, credit providers must do um, a credit assessment. Yes. And that looks at all your assets and liabilities. If you've yeah. signed surety somewhere, it's that a is a liability. Li- yeah, absolutely. Wow. So once you've signed, it's like you owe the money, really. Yes. You're, you're and when you apply for your own credit, you're in stuck. Yes. I mean, the, the only difference between a surety and a debtor is that a surety is one step behind the debtor from being sued. Yes. And in terms of the the current, you know, these uh, surety agreements, the the creditor can go after you with as much ease as after the principal data. Natasha wants to know if we married in community of property and one one of us signs surety without the other's consent, is the surety valid? Um, the Matrimonial Property Act requires that both parties. Uh, both spouses must give consent if they're married in community. If they're married in community, mm. but there are some exceptions. Um, you know, if the husband or wife signs surety as part of a business, mm. then the other spouse's consent is not necessary. You have a panel beating business. You've been asked by your supplier to sign surety for the obligations of your company. Yeah, you sign. Tough. Your wife doesn't know. She's sitting at home. She doesn't know you've signed. The next thing, the house is registered kind of in joint names because you married in community. It's mm-hmm. you, you've got a half share. You can lose your half share. Mm-hmm. You can. Without even knowing it because he signed in the ordinary course of business. Yes. Mm-hmm. If he went and signed for his nephew's mm-hmm. uh, study loan yes. without his wife's uh, written consent, then, the, uh, then it can be attacked. How does a wife or spouse protect themselves here? They've got to sit with their spouse and say, have you signed surety in the last uh, month? Y- yes, yeah. you know, you often think, She's you know. Got, you've got to <laughs> give an accounting every month for what you've done <laughs> in community uh, property. With utmost good faith. It's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, I mean, if spouses don't communicate, if they don't tell each other, then um, there can be a risk. My Lana wants to know, my parents stood surety using their bond-free home for a business that my sister and her ex-husband ran. The business went under. Sure. If her parents have to pay under the surety, can they get the money back from her sister? I think we've touched on that. You can go back to the principal debtor yes. Yes. and get mm-hmm. the money back. Am wow. I right, Emil? Yes. 
You yeah. can. Yeah. You you go after. You've got the right to free course. Here's one. Uh, can you sue the surety if the principal debtor is under debt review? And uh, the, the the creditor he's under debt review, and the creditor is getting paid slow, albeit slowly. Every month he's getting less. Can the creditor say, "I'm not accepting that. I want to sue my surety." He can. Um, actually, I saw this question, and I've also seen that there are quite a few wrong answers, regrettably. But um, uh, and interestingly, I also had a look at uh, the nephew. Remember, Professor uh, De Vet. It was a staunch transfer. <laughs> Not that one. Stone's contract law professor at my alma mater at Stellenbosch. Actually, mm. I had to look at his book again. He wrote a brilliant book on contract law mm. yesterday when preparing. Um, this is what we would call a personal defense that mm. only applies to the debtor. The surety cannot avail himself of that. And there is actually case law. Uh, on that, uh, NetBank versus Zevoli, or Zevoli, I'm not sure of the pronunciation, which is a recent decision, 2017-6, which dealt with this kind of defense in the context of business rescue. Mm. Now, the company goes under business rescue, which is kind of the legal uh, person equivalent of debt counseling, um, and all uh, debts are uh, repayments are suspended. Mm. But that does not suspend the surety's obligation. So the creditor can go after the uh, the um Surety, mm. even though the debtor may be under debt counseling or under business rescue. Wow. It's tough. That's why, you know, you sign surety, you've got to, um, you've got to make sure that whoever you're signing surety for either has the means to pay back the debt or, you know, if it's your nephew or niece, um, that he or she is going to become a solid enough professional in order to be able to pay back that loan one day. Mm. Don't sign surety for people that you have. That you're not sure about. You're shocked at this one, Lance. No, if, I am. If the person goes under debt review, the surety is not protected. He must, he must do what the divet when he transfers. Wow. You know what that is? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, I won't mention it on air. Yeah, I've mentioned this. Cock and Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they pay the 50%? Let's say I can, instead of paying 100 every month, and I can pay, I, I'm go, I go under debt review, and I can only afford 50 rands. Do, does then the surety pay the other 50 rands so that it's 100? Uh, yes, although, uh, you know, I don't know how many surety agreements you've seen. They are extensive. Um, and one of the clauses they always incorporate is say, listen, that every clause that's in the principal debt agreement also applies here. Okay. Uh, and uh, one is the acceleration of the debt. So you start missing payments, you go under debt review, the whole debt immediately becomes due and payable, especially with regards to the surety. Wow. Okay. Who's Cass Pointer? She's an administrator at Legal Talk. She she's great. Right? She is. Is she? A, she's an attorney. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but she gives. You she, know, when she, people she, she post, post she, questions, she gives great answers. Yes, Cass. Is it pronounced Cass? Cass, yes. Yeah. Um, Have you she, met her? I haven't. Yeah. Um, she lives in Cape Town. Oh, uh, I she see. did berate me once when I went to down to Cape Town for to see a client, and I didn't hook up. Oh. Um, but. Yes, no, she gives some of the, uh, some of the best advice. As f- f- if I'm not mistaken, she used to be in the insurance business, oh. so she knows what she's talking about. Wow. Okay, good. So many people find themselves bound by a surety, uh, which they may have. Which may have, have we touched on this before in a previous show? Where the sureties are couched in credit application forms, they yes. find themselves hidden in other kinds of contracts. Those are a problem, yes. aren't they? 
Look, uh, before we get to the respondent, I can see Lionel was getting very worried and it's not going to sign surety. Um, if I can give him a little bit of consolation, it's not much. You know, preparing for this program and reading all the case law Ooh. coming up after the National Credit Act came into consideration. One thing you can always toss up is to say, hey, listen, I signed surety, but I didn't do a credit assessment. Mm. Um, one of the cases I read yesterday was an ordinary surety does not oblige the uh, creditor to do a, um, a risk assessment, you know, a creditworthy assessment. Mm. But the moment you couch that as a surety and principal de- debtor, mm. Then suddenly the creditor is under an obligation to comply with the National Credit Act and to make sure that you are a creditworthy co-debtor. Otherwise, you, it's reckless lending. The, otherwise, the it's many lawyers lending. listening to this will love this case. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've uh, this you know classifying everything as reckless lending seems to be uh, become a. a Fashion yes. in court cases. The I've, only I've, way to get out of a claim is yes. reckless. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a court case at the moment. Call it ordinary um, goods sold and delivered. Yeah. You know, the client, the, the debtor has run behind. He's not paying my client and uh, we're suing. And lo and behold, they raise a special plea that when my client sold these goods to the defendant, uh, they did not comply with the National Credit Act. It was reckless lending because I didn't uh, first make sure that uh, the defendant would be able to pay back yeah. my client. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this must be rubbish. And then I think, is it? Now we've got to deal with this, yeah. you know, and I've got a very uh, good advocate assisting me w- with this. Um, and she's battling, not battling, but she's got to put in a lot of hard work to to rebut this defense. Mm. These are clutching at, very often clutching at straw defenses, yeah. we call them. People yes. are going to raise anything just to avoid having to pay. Because I just yeah. think, don't think it's... It put you to trouble and, and maybe put the judge to trouble or the magistrate. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you, you come in front of a judge, you know, they're yeah. not always with respect, um, trained in these intricacies and you come up with a, with a clever argument that's yeah. not necessarily right and you lose the case on that, that technicality. Then you've got to go on appeal. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Uh, <laughs> it's nice, but it's not nice for the clients. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, they get Depends the invoice drafting, you are. <laughs> drafting notice of appeal, you know, item, you know, settled by advocate. You know, Why do I not have to pay this? You know? Yes. Yeah. Anything else on sureties or should we touch on summary judgment? Let's talk about summary judgment. There's a question that came through, and many, but Helgard raised one. He says, good day, everyone. I need some guidance. I received a summons from the bank, so I've defended it. Now they've applied for summary judgment. What does that really mean? What well, is summary judgment? Summary judgment means that uh, the credit is under the impression that uh, you don't have a valid defense against the case, and you're now just defending it in order to waste time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to apply for summary judgment... Uh, the debt has to comply with several uh, requirements. The one most obvious one is that it must be a liquid debt. Mm-hmm. In other words, it must be readily ascertainable. You can't apply for summary judgment for an accident. Somebody bumps into your car, you sue them, they defend, you can't apply for summary judgment. Mm. But where the amount is certain or can be easily calculated, then in theory you can apply for summary judgment. But I, in my Practice, my approach is actually I don't apply for summary judgment anymore. 
Because you never get it. You never get it. Um, You may get it once in a blue moon, Mm. but all you do is waste time. Um, Well, you do get the defense of the defendant of the debtor on affidavit right up front. You know exactly what he's going to say, and it's in the form of an affidavit, which is very helpful when it comes to cross-examination afterwards. It, you say, it, but you said is. this in summary judgment in an affidavit. Now you're trying to change your tune a bit. So that's the advantage that, 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 the that advantage. I see very often in practice. But the disadvantage yeah. is you waste three to six months. Yeah, but that's the, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, Absolutely. Often, you know clients So, I mean, all, really all the debtor or the defendant has to show is on the face of it that he has a bona fide defense. Yes. He doesn't have to show on a balance of probabilities. He doesn't have to prove anything. He's just simply got to show the reason I'm not paying you is because there's kind of reckless lending. That's one thing thing. that can come up with. The, the, The unfortunate part of summary judgment, and that's why I wanted to raise it, is that the creditor can't reply to that affidavit at at this point. Yeah. No. So all you have is just the defense of the defendant and nothing to counter that. So if the court says, well, he's showing a prima facie defense, I'm going to give him an opportunity to carry on and defend the case, and I won't give a summary judgment against him. Yes, sure. And that's really the effect of that. Yeah. And, you know, with with a skilled junior advocate, you can come up with a bona fide defense very easily. That won't really compromise your case, even if you go under um, yes. a cross-examination. Yeah. It is a nuisance for both parties, I admit, but... Um, you know, if, if, if the case is not terribly complicated, I go straight to, you know, they defend and yeah. say, okay, file their plea within the 20 days. And then serve a notice of bar. Keep them straight to the time period. Yeah, so you give them, you've got to give them 20 days to file a plea. And then once they file their plea, you can set the case down. Yes. And your case will be set down before the summary judgment would have been heard. Exactly. Possibly. possibly. And Depends if, if it's a yeah. high court case, yeah. um, Gary, I don't know if you know, but you know they are now giving trial dates for November next year. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, so our clients should know this. When we tell our clients, "Sorry, this case is only going to be heard in a year and a half's time," they say, "What? Yeah. Two years just to get a trial date?" Yes. And that's the way it is, lines in the. In our area, Joburg. And yeah. our area is actually quite fast. Mm. Other jurisdictions, <laughs> Cape Town, I've heard it's even worse. Really? Well, wow. yeah, that's in a nutshell, really, summary judgment. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it can be a powerful tool. Um, and I, I discuss the merits of it with my clients. You know, and mm. say, listen, you know, we're going to get their version. It might, might be interesting. It might not be. But often you, you know what they're going to say. And so this case is not the liquid claim. That's, that's mm. always the first one. They attack the, um, the locus standing of the person making the affidavit because mm. the person making the affidavit must yeah. have personal knowledge of the claim. Um, and they say, well, this general manager didn't deal with this case ever. So he's got no personal knowledge of this case. So I don't think that it's really worth the time and effort anymore. Mm. It depends on many factors. We always say it depends. Uh, yeah, each case on its merits. Mm. Emil Myberg, you're an attorney in Johannesburg. Many thanks for your contribution on sureties and summary judgment. We're going to get you back again on something. Thanks very much, Gary. Yeah, it's always interesting to be with you. To Lionel McCorkatella, many thanks, Lions. To our listeners, thank you so much. We'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. This is cliffcentral.com.